Well, hello, nerds. Uh, no real technical issues today. Just uh, running a little behind. So I guess silver linings. But uh, yeah. So how is everybody doing this evening? Um, this is the live show for Generally Nerdy, uh, for those watching in the post. Um I am on the wrong page here. Restart there. All right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. This is... Should be okay. Uh, doing Going into housekeeping for the next week, I think, I think maybe next week we might not be doing a live show. Um, when's our next Friday thing, pup? When's our next Friday thing? Two weeks out? Okay. So yeah, sometime in the next couple of weeks at the very least. But... Um... Oh, April. So I'm a month away. Good deal. Okay. That's even the parties? Even the parties? I know, but when is that? Oh, okay. I thought that was March. So, yeah, we're good. We should be good for a few weeks. So, I'm uh, getting a little worried about nothing. Either way, um, there's that. There is also the um, the other shows The that just happened. There are two now episodes of That Just Happened and the shout-out show that need to go up Um and over on the third channel, the Road to 1000. Actually, I think that one already has gone up. Let's double check that statement. But uh, working on doing the things, man, this gets really tricky when you're, the output is as high as uh, what I do. Try and keep the output high and the quality high as well, because if I don't, nobody else, nobody else will. I'm the only one that does it. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm trying to buy time while I get to check out the third channel. Third channel says, nope, not live yet. Okay, so that should be going live soon. Switch back to the main channel. And also, I forgot to turn on my GPU overclock. Not really having any issues with the GPU right now, but we're, we are dropping some frames from every time to every here and there. So just to get on top of that while we're here. And then I swear we're going to get into the news. I promise, I promise. Do, 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 do. All of the music, by the way, uh, for the live show at least, is thanks to... Let's do this. Come on now. Is thanks to Backing Track, which is Epos Vox's um, free music service. I need to go get some of the newer tracks because so far I think I only have like three or four of the free albums in this playlist but backingtrack.gg is where you can go stream it or you can join the discord and download the files from the discord it's beautiful not sponsored just super grateful that it exists because all of the other royalty free music that's out there is not great um, and this is legit I really 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 dig what Epos has done Epos and his um Social manager, I think, is who was the who helped him do this. Um, but yeah, so all of that being said, let's jump into the news. Oh no, we're still looking at the back, <laughs> still looking at the backside of YouTube. That's not fun. All right, so we have. Uh, I, I need to go refresh my memory. The headlines are Mandalorian Season 3. We'll get to that. Hellboy um, casting as well as some Marvel casting rumors is what we got in the, head, in the headlines. So 
We will get to all that. It looks like not a lot has been added to Cosmic Book since I was here yesterday. So it looks like we'll probably get to this pretty quickly. Um, real quick update on the Penguin series, the um, the Matt Reeves universe for Batman um, starring, oh, I'm going to forget his name, Colin Farrell. There it is. Woohoo! Is currently in production. Uh, Batman spinoff Penguin starring Colin Farrell now filming, which is coming to HBO Max streaming service. Production designer Kalina Ivanov shared an update on IG following the first day of filming. Quote, first day of shooting the Penguin is in the can. Only the compass can tell us uh, in what Gotham direction we're going. My lips are sealed, Ivanov teased. That's really cool. What is the series about? We've already covered that. Moving right along, John Wick 4 box office estimated huge opening March 25th. Eh, whatever. Star Trek Discovery ending with season five. This one we kind of saw coming because all of the the um, teasers have kind of been in this direction. But uh, And also, if you've been watching the show, which I'm behind a bit, but either way, it kind of feels like it's ramping up to an end. The article says Paramount Plus streaming service has announced that Star Trek Discovery will end with the release of season five in early 2024. Network has also announced plans to celebrate the series with events in key markets around the world leading up to the series finale. The series first premiered 2017 and heralded the return of scripted Star Trek television series. Leading up to the final season, Paramount Plus will honor Star Trek Discovery's legacy and groundbreaking storytelling over its last four seasons with year-long celebrations and appearances by key at key events in markets around the world. Quote, Star Trek Discovery is a perennial favorite in the service. Near the near and dear to the hearts of legions of Star Trek fans, as well as uh, all of us here at Paramount Plus, said Tanya Giles, chief programming officer at Paramount Streaming. Series and its incredible cast and creatives ushered in a new era of Star Trek when it debuted over six years ago, embracing the future of streaming with serialized story storytelling, bringing it to life and uh, bringing to life, sorry, deep and complex characters that honor Gene Roddenberry's legacy of representing diversity and inclusion, uh, the pu- pushing the envelope with award-winning world building. Final season, we'll see our beloved crew take on a new adventure, and we can't wait to celebrate the series' impact on the franchise leading up to its final season early next year. EP and showrunner Alex Kurtzman and Michelle Paradise shared, as lifelong fans of Star Trek, it's been an immense honor and privilege to help bring Star Trek Discovery to the world. Uh, yeah, this just more loving, gushing quotes. What is season five about? Here we go. This one we have not talked about, so let's get into this. Fifth and final season, we'll find Captain Burnham and a crew of USS Discovery uncovering a mystery that will send them into an epic adventure across the galaxy to find an ancient power whose very existence has been deliberately hidden for centuries. There are others on the hunt as well, dangerous foes who are desperate to claim the prize for themselves and will stop at nothing to get it. Well, all right. <laughs> um... There's more, but blah. Haunted Mansion trailer is here. Oh, boy. I wish we could watch trailers when we're live. That's that's unfortunate, because I would totally love to watch that. Uh, Hellboy reboot. Here we go. Uh, casting for the new Hellboy has been announced. Franchise cast its third version of the character, which will take place in the 1950s. Hellboy reboot has cast Jack Kesey as the titular character who will star in the movie from in the new movie from Millennium Media. Millennium Media is the same production company that brought us the uh, the previous Hellboy as well. Jack Kesey is known for playing Black Tom in Deadpool 2 and roles in 12 Strong, Baywatch, Claws, The Strain, and in Dark Web, Cicadia, 30, 30, uh, 3301 with Alan Richson. Hellboy Crooked Man is said to be the title of the reboot, which is adapting the comic book miniseries from 2008 of the same name from Mike Mignola, which is dope, and Richard Corbin. The flick was described as following Hellboy, who is stranded in 1950s rural Appalachia with a rookie bureau... Uh, with a rookie bureau... F- oh, <laughs> sorry, I can read. Rookie Bureau for Paranormal Research and uh, Defense, BPRD. 
agent. And there, are dis- there they discover a small community haunted by witches led by a local devil with a troubling connection to Hellboy's past, the Crooked Man. Super excited about that. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Next is... We're going to skip that, and we're going to go here. So this is the uh, rumored casting. This still has yet been to be confirmed, but now it seems everybody's getting in on the action for Steven Yeun uh, playing in the Thunderbolts as Sentry. Steven Yeun is joining Marvel Cinematic Universe set to debut in the Thunderbolts movie, where it is said he won't be playing Amadeus Cho, which is a good play, because who really liked Amadeus Cho that much? I mean, he was a decent character, but... Not my Hulk. <laughs> With speculation again, it's actually the Sentry. YouTuber Grace Randolph, who doesn't sound... Uh, familiar with the comics, actually thought Steven Yeun was going to play Amadeus Cho, where Cho in the Marvel co- uh, comics is Korean-American-born teenager, one of the smartest persons on the planet who's often paired with Hercules, uh, and the Hulk becomes a version of Hulk himself. Yeah. So since Steven Yeun is Korean, it seems Randolph automatically assumed Yeun was playing Amadeus Cho in the MCU, but Randolph said this isn't the case. Randolph tweeted on Tuesday, well, 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 mind-blown emoji. Seems the MCU has a lot of faith in Steven Yun, after all, he is not Amadeus Cho. Smiley wink emoji. Uh, another tweet she offered a hint about who he could be playing. Um, there's only two choices, my dudes. Randolph tweeted. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Where's the other tweet? Doesn't show the other tweet. I guess I could probably pull it up, but it is what it is. Sentry resembles Homelander from the boys. Yeah, kind of. These are much better renders than the uh, ones that I was getting previously when I was uh, researched this for the most recent episode where we talked about it initially. But yeah, now everybody's jumping on to this bandwagon that bandwagon that uh, Yun is going to be Amadeus Cho. All right, let's get into Mandalorian. Let's talk Mando. If you haven't seen episode one of season three potential spoilers just saying so mando and grogu are off to a slow start with the return of season three is anything to be worried about i don't think so oops i pushed the wrong button there we go uh last night I saw the premiere of mandalorian season three where reactions to the episode were pretty much lukewarm no pun intended What's the inside temperature of a tauntaun? Get it. Uh, no super, uh, not super pumped and not at all good at the same time. Over at Rotten Tomatoes and on IMDb, the start of Mandalorian Season 3 isn't looking uh, good at all as the ratings and reviews come in lower than Seasons 1 and 2, but not by much. Uh, season 1, critically, I'm pretty sure is sitting at a... Let's pull it up, shall we? Let's do that. Rotten... Tomatoes. Mandalorian, where are you? Search. Mandalorian. Right there. Alright, so Mandalorian. Is that the overall or is that the season? That's. There we go. Season one. Season 1 sits at a 93. Season 2 sits at a 93. These are the critical scores. Uh, And then Season 3 right now is at an 84 with just the one episode. So fan-wise, I feel like when I looked at this earlier, it was fairly different. Oh, that's right, because the fan-wise was slightly lower. Season 1 was 92, and I believe Season 2 was a 91 from fans. Yeah, Season 1's a 91, or Season 2, rather, is a 91. And then Season 3 is what's dragging the score down because it's at a 78 percent oh boy which brings the overall score to an 87 which still is a pretty good score especially on rotten tomatoes so nothing to be overly worried about season one it's been gone for two two years so uh, episode one you just have to refresh people's memory so it was a little slow because you had to bring everybody back up to speed whatever we're going to continue reading uh, Mandalorian Season 3 Rotten Tomato score from critics is currently at 86, uh, compared to Season 1 and 2's 93. However, things get a lot worse in Rotten Tomatoes audience score. Season 3 is currently only at an 81 as of writing this, but again, we just looked at it. It's at a 78, so it's dropped 
three points since they wrote this. Uh, while season two is at a 91 and season one is at a 92 update, both scores have dropped to 84 and 79. Yeah, yeah we just talked about that. Uh, worth a mention here is that there are, are not a lot of reviews posted yet for season three from either critics or the fans, but it isn't saying, isn't that saying something in itself is, is anybody watching? Maybe not right away. Uh, over at IMDb, pretty much the same. The season three, episode one, scored an 8.0, while the series averages an 8.7. Wow, over on IMDb, it's even dropped to a 7.8. Um, first episode of season two, The Marshall scored an 8.8 on IMDb, and the first episode of season one scored an 8.6. So there is a bit of a dip. Um... Cosmic Book is... Oh, I, I do follow him on the Twitters. Uh, as I tweeted and posted on our Facebook group, I thought Wednesday's episode was just okay. It was only th 30 minutes long, and there really wasn't much going on. Was there really anything to hook you in and to watch the rest of the season other than already being a fan? Yes, there was. The Space Whales. What the heck is going on there? <laughs> uh, not really. Yeah, it's cool seeing Mando and Grogu again, but we've seen it all before. Also wasn't too thrilled with the pirates as they more resembled something out of MCU's Guardians of the Galaxy or Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania movies and didn't at all look or feel like Star Wars characters. I think the only one that didn't was the Pirate King. Everyone, and it wasn't because it looked like it came out of Ant-Man and the Wasp or Guardians of the Galaxy. It was because it looked like it came from Sesame Street, honestly. Like, the, the just... I don't know the 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 practical effects here seem out of place. There's no explanation for why he would be like a sea creature in space because he looks like he's made out of seaweed. Um, no image has been brighted brightened. Okay. Um, he looked terrible and came across as some kind of kooky cross between Davy Jones and the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and DC's Swamp Thing. Or Marvel's Man thing. Yes, I, I, I will agree with that. That was the one part of that episode that I was like, this is a little too silly. But the rest of the episode was... We're establishing the... Um, oh, I'm going to forget my cinema ter terminology. The... Uh, uh, The thing, the thing that has no other meaning other than to motivate the story forward. I can't think of the word. But yeah, we're establishing that. We're establishing actually that there are a number of those. Oh. And and we're also establishing what the the um the season is going to be about. He's going he's did the what we're trying to do for this season, at least for the first part of the season, is he's trying to get IG eleven back up to speed so that theoretically he can go down to Mandalore in case Mandalore actually is poison. If you have a droid helping you out, the droid can't get poisoned by the garbage in the air. So just comes in handy that way. Um, I think, I think people expecting this to be crazy and huge and amazing are just doing themselves a disservice and there, and by association, creating negative feedback that doesn't need to be there because they have unrealistic expectations. Anyway, um, is anybody watching Mandalorian? The article continues. I was also watching a recent YouTube stream with Grace Randolph, who is a big zombie audience. Yes, she does. Uh, where she posted a poll and something like 30% or more of her audience either stopped watching Star Wars or haven't watched the Mandalorian episode, uh, season three episode yet. That's huge. That's, I mean, she does have a giant audience. Uh, some points mentioned, uh, I agree with them, are that the episode is way too short. Why is that a reason to not watch? That doesn't make any sense. Premiering it in the middle of the night is the wrong way to go. That I totally agree with. Uh, I think Disney should have a Star Wars night, uh, say 8 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays or any other night. Uh, the same way HBO has Sunday nights locked with new episodes of Last of Us, Euphoria, Game of Thrones, etc. Speaking of those three series, is there any comparison between them and what Disney has to offer? The content on Disney+, Plus, particularly with Star Wars and Marvel, just can't compete. Again, that one... I agree with but only mildly because i think mandalorian kind of holds all of those guys back uh only mandalorian though like that is the only thing they have up their sleeve theoretically we could get something pretty awesome with secret wars uh and and then also there was another one that i was super hyped for that i can't even remember what it is right now but uh going beyond that i think 
they don't have a lot up their sleeve. They don't have a lot to to control the streaming market and that's worrying and that's why we talked about that rumor a couple weeks ago about the fact that they're considering uh licensing out their properties so that they can make some money on their shows because nobody's watching their stuff randolph did say next week's episode two is better and it sounds uh, on the more serious side so hopefully things pick up there's going to be a giant mandalorian war uh if if some of the scoopers are to be believed it's going to be some sort of holy war for the mandalorians so yeah i think it's gonna pick up <laughs> Uh, continuing on, Batman is another George Clooney, uh, somebody else talking about George Clooney playing the third Batman in The Flash. We love Gina Carano trends with Mandalorian Season 3, Justice League, and DC sold to Netflix. Yeah, no, not at all. Super Mario Brothers movie releases, uh, release date moves up. All right, we are now officially into ground we have already covered. Let's go check out Bounding. California is going the exact opposite direction of Florida. Heard. Um, Ukraine government reportedly intent on requesting Atomic Heart be banned from sale within their borders, urges digital retailers to limit distribution. This is an old piece. Like, I didn't cover it on here on Generally Nerdy because uh, that's the kind of stuff that we don't necessarily dive too much into unless it's a legitimate big story. But yeah, that that's like two weeks old at this point. That was on Philip DeFranco, for crying out loud. Uh, California proposes uh, withholding new tax credits from Hollywood productions unless they, quote, set ethic, ethnic, racial, and gender diversity goals and to develop a plan to achieve them. That is a great way to ensure that nobody produces uh, movies or productions in your state. TV show based on Harry Potter spinoff game Hogwarts Legacy in development at HBO Max. Ooh, let's get into some rumors. Controversy creates cash. This is true. Because uh, Hogwarts Legacy is one of the biggest game releases ever. So that's saying something. Uh, we have the potential. We have, according to rumor... Hogwarts Legacy, the prequel fantasy game uh, spun out of the Harry Potter books and films, gets a cold reception from a segment of critics, blah, 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 blah. Let's get to the rumor, shall we? Warren Brothers must be paying attention and seeing opportunity as the, quote, trusted and reliable sources of Giant Freaking Robot. So this is about a 50-50. Giant Freaking Robot has roughly a 50% accuracy uh, track record, so... Uh, source for all kind of exclusive says Hogwarts legacy based series is in development at HBO Max and very early development at that quote. The series is still in the early phases of development. So few details are available. They say uh, this coincides with other rumors we've talked about previously in that uh, Warner Brothers, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery specifically David Zaslav has said that they want to focus on their tentpole franchises. One of those being Harry Potter. So that's there. That stands to reason. Again, I don't know how reliable giant freaking robots sources are. So I wouldn't it wouldn't put too much weight on that. But that does seem to jibe. So it's presumed, though, the series will be like the game and take place in the 1800s before either the adventures of Harry or Newt Scamander of the Fantastic Beast series. In the hot selling open world release, players control a student from Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry who has an exceptional however untapped mastery of ancient magic. Ugh, my mouse is not cooperating. Ah. Um, continuing on. Releases for, uh, released for uh, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, and PC February 10th. Sold strong 12 million. That's right. One of the largest uh, openings for a game. I think it's the largest WB game ever. Yeah, yeah. The WB's game's biggest launch ever and releases for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch are still on the horizon. DLC expansions, however, are not. So there is nothing more about the rumor in this article, so we can continue on. So that's a pretty awesome, theoretically, if that actually happens, that, that could be amazing. Pirates of the Caribbean producer Jerry Bruckheimer once again voices interest in having Johnny Depp return to franchise. Huh, weird. Jesse Smulia 
Files appeal against hate crime hoax conviction. Oh, boy. He's really not letting that go, huh? Dragon Ball Super Superhero staff reveal production team was unhappy with the decision to animate the film solely using 3D. Yeah, I feel like Dragon Ball series solely in 3D is not going to go over super well. YouTuber Yellow Fash lampoons Warner Brothers for renewing Trash Fire Velma for season two. Why is that just now becoming something that people are focusing on? Like, it was confirmed to have been... Uh, uh, renewed for a second season over a month ago at this point. So why are we just now reporting on it? That doesn't make any sense. Mandalorian executive producer Dave Filoni claims Luke Skywalker wasn't a Jedi. Oh, really, Dave Filoni? This is interesting. Executive producer Mandalorian revealed in a recent interview he didn't think Luke Skywalker was a Jedi. In an interview with Screen Rant alongside fellow executive producer and head writer on The Mandalorian, John Favreau, two discussed the Darksaber and whether Grogu was the first Jedi Mandalorian since Tara Vizsla. Uh, and whether the Darksaber is tied to Grogu's destiny as well as Din Djarin's. Wouldn't that be so amazing? Din just uh, it holds the saber until Grogu takes it from him effectively. Like, how crazy. What a turn of events that was that, that potentially could be to have a battle between Grogu and Din Djarin. Like, that would be huge. I think if Favreau said recently that he isn't, he doesn't have the ending of the series planned out just yet. But what if that's where it goes? Duh. So much fun. Okay, Favreau initially responded, "That's interesting. That would be smart literary device." Veloni added his thoughts, saying, "Yeah, interesting. Uh, these are very good questions. What? What did I? What did we miss? We didn't miss anything." It just feels like we missed because the edit editorial staff over on Batting into Comics is. Kind of subpar, not going to lie. Like, they have some good stuff, but I feel like they need to go over their articles once or twice more before they publish. Uh, Favreau then seemingly uh, posited that Sabine Wren might be considered a uh, Jedi Mandalorian, the assumption being he's based... He based it off the training she received from Kanan who, uh, on how to wield the Darksaber. He said, that doesn't happen that often, although I would agree that Sabine is maybe a little bit... Filoni retorted, I don't know if I'd call her a Jedi, though. The interesting question is how you define when someone is a Jedi. That's the real question, because the Jedi is a way of training. It's uh, it's a way of philosophy and being. Favreau then responded, well, Grogu trained with a Jedi. It's there that Filoni claims Luke Skywalker wasn't actually a Jedi. He tells Favreau... He trained when he was young, and so did Luke. Yoda didn't confirm that he was a Jedi, remember? He says, oh, you think you're a Jedi. Not so fast. He had to pass the trials. Favreau then corrects Filoni, but he also said, you'll be the last Jedi when I'm gone. Right? Turn the Jedi, blah, blah, blah. I've come back to complete my training. Yoda responds, no more training do you require. Already you know to which, uh, no... Already know you that which you need. There we go. Sometimes I can't read Yoda. Uh, Luke answers, then I am a Jedi. Yoda replies, oh, not yet. One thing remains, Vader. You must confront Vader. Then, and only then, a Jedi will you be. And confront him, you will. Such a great scene, too, by the by. The end of their conversation, Yoda tells Luke, Luke, when I am gone... Uh, when gone am I, the last Jedi, you will be. Luke, the Force runs strong in your family. Pass on what you have learned. Luke, there is another Skywalker. Um, is this just... This is... Okay, that's all we got. The, the, the quote from Filoni was at the beginning of the article, so it was very front-loaded. Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1, The Apostate Review 7. See, even Bounding, and Bounding hates literally everything <laughs> even bounding gave it at least a seven so it's a slow episode on purpose uh dilbert dropped by publisher disney debuts tinkerbell oh yeah blah blah youtuber theorizes mandalorian with thematically focused on the destruction of tradition continuing the sequel trilogy's message of killing the past i don't think so i this is this is not this is not accurate who's the youtuber Star Wars YouTuber X2 recently theorized one of the show's primary messages will be the destruction of tradition is a good thing. Then he obviously didn't watch the first episode because we see all kinds of 
tradition being reinforced. The tradition of the baptism at the very beginning of, of the episode where we fight the crazy alligator turtle guy. Um, that tradition is being upheld is actually growing because now we have a bunch more Mandalorians after the demise of, of all Mandalorians, uh, the beginning of season one. And then, um, Din doing what he can to go to Mandalore to reinstate his status as a Mandalorian. All of these are reinforcing tradition. I think, I think somebody's not paying attention. I do think that there will be an element of changing tradition, of uh, adapting, but I don't think uh, a destruction of tradition is going to be the way they go. Traditions can adapt. Tra- traditions can be modernized and still hold the same meaning, the same... Uh, uh, weight, I guess, is what I was going for. Yeah, see, this is from that baptism scene at the very beginning. Just silly. I think, I think a lot of uh, Bo-Katan Kriz, a lot of that stuff is going to be talking about how tradition needs to cha- be changed or dropped or blah, 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 blah. And I think Mando is going to go against that. He's going to reinforce the traditions of Mandalore. Reveals how the show writes off Gina Carano. I don't think they wrote her off. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about for Mandalorian is I don't think they completely wrote her off. I think what they did is they're leaving the door open a bit for her. Um, and and let's go into the article and we'll talk about it as as we'll go from their bullet points, if you will. So uh, it says, first episode of third season of Mandalorian revealed how the series dealt with the unjust firing of Gina Carano and the fate of her character, Cara Dune. Uh, Carano's Dune was previously serving as marshal for the planet Navarro. However, it's revealed in the first episode she's no longer serving as a planet's marshal. Uh, Grief Karga tells Din Djarin, I got a level with you, Mando. I need a marshal. Jaren then questions, what about Marshal Dune? Karga uh, responds, responds, after she brought in Moff Gideon, she was recruited by special forces. That sounds like a pretty open opportunity for them. That could be the end of it. I, I 100% agree. That very possibly could be the end of it. We very, It is possible we will never hear about Cara Dune again. However, that does leave the door open. That says that she's part of special forces. We have a show that is going to very specifically be dealing with special forces coming down the pipeline. It's a little ways off still, but it's still in production. We still hasn't been canceled. They haven't made the announcement that it's been canceled yet. So I, I feel like saying that she's been completely written off is giving them too much power. Let's put it that way. Uh, and then this just goes into all of the ridiculousness. Okay. All right. I think we've exhausted bounding. Let's do something I don't generally like to do on the stream anymore, but I'm interested. Uh, we got this covered. Usually has a lot of garbage we got to sift through, which is why we stopped using them in, in, in the live shows. But... Dead by Daylight Films coming to big screen as Dora the Explorer suddenly collides with Xenomorphs. Como? Okay. I don't need comments. Let me read the article, please. Sure, whatever. Happy Friday, Fear Fanatics. Uh... Last several weeks have been absolutely monumental for the world of all things spooky, and it's now become apparent that this monument uh, momentum won't be slowing down anytime soon, especially in the coming months ahead. As the Eerie-verse prepares for the much-anticipated arrival of Scream 6 next week, that's going to be pretty cool. Other pulse-pounding stories as well uh, are easily available to be explored and celebrated in today's daily horror roundup from We Got This Covered. So before you prematurely purchase your snacks, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Dora the Explorer not might not be in the Alien remake, but her actress will be. Oh, dumb. Okay, continuing on. Head of Scream 6, Ghostface is successfully terrifying folks on the streets. Don't care about that. Gamers and Film Fanatics, this is the one we came for. Dead by Daylight movie on the way. Uh, the year of 2023 just keeps getting better for horror, especially after the announcement of Blumhouse spearheading a live-action Dead by Daylight movie. 
upcoming project is we talked about this this is not news i thought there was some like update to this but we talked about this on the show i think two weeks ago so thanks for nothing we got this covered blah 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 see this is why we don't do we got this covered in live streams, Jenner Ortega discusses challenges of juggling nostalgia with timber and highly specific demands. Blah, 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 blah. Let's go somewhere better. Um, Engadget usually has something good. Let's go, Let's try them. We don't usually do techie stuff in the live show because it takes me a second to parse out things. But Engadget's really good about doing the parsing for you. Uh-huh. Meta agrees. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, insider trading. Yikes. This uh, so this got reviewed from Linus Tech Tips uh I think a month ago. Uh, you're a little behind the the ball on this one, Engadget. Um, engage at the podcast. Good lord. Apparently there is nothing. Let's go to music. We're jumping over to music early this time. Uh Blabbermouth will start us off for the music side of things. Hetfield to star in Western Thriller. See? First thing, right over on Blabbermouth. We, we're starting with something crazy cool. Uh, according to Deadline, Metallica's James Hetfield has a role in the upcoming dark Western thriller, The Thicket, or Thicket, if you are, uh, uh, oh no, I'm going to forget his name. Um, Tyler Childers, goodness, all right. <laughs> Based on Joe R. Lansdale's novel of the same name. Production on the film starring and produced by Game of Thrones alum Peter Dink. Whoa, for real? Production on the film starring and produced by Peter Dinklage is underway in Calgary, Canada. That's awesome. I want to see this that much more now. Like, Hetfield's cool, but Dinklage is producing and starring. I'm down for a horror, a Western horror starring Peter Dinklage. Yes, please, and thank you. Dinklage will play Shorty, a bounty hunter enlisted to find a woman who has been kidnapped by a violent killer. The movie, which is set in the turn of the 20th century, follows Shorty and his fellow trackers as they travel into a violent and chaotic place known as the Big Thicket. That's cool. Also starring Juliette Lewis, Esme Creed Miles, uh, Levin Hawk, Leslie Grace. I'm not going to say this one per- correctly, and I apologize ahead of time. Uh, Benga Akinagbe. Uh, Macon Blair, Ned Dennehy, Andrew Schultz, and Arliss Howard. Back in 2019, Hedvold had a part in extremely wicked and shockingly evil and vile film followed relationship between notorious still killer Ted Bundy and played by Zac Efron. I didn't know he was in that. Longtime girlfriend played by Lily Collins, who at the time had no knowledge of the crimes. Hedvold played uh, Officer Bob Hayward. Interesting. That's really cool. James Hetfield's going to be in like a big proper Hollywood production. I can get behind that. Absolutely. Max Cavalera names his top three thrash metal albums of all time. Let's look at that one because that's that's fun to do live is taking a look at these things. Um, does it tell us what they are? Oh, yes, they are. Okay. So first one is Sacrifice, Forward to Termination. Sacrifice is good, but I don't know if I'd ever put them in the top three of anything. Uh, amazing record. I played it so much when I was a teenager in Brazil. Also, Nuclear Assault Survive. There you go. That's a good one. Danny Licker, the man. Yes, Danny on the bass. Nuclear Assault was amazing. He played with us in Brazil. It was great. Singer John Connolly had to borrow my guitar, and he played it was full of blood, and it gave it back to me. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and then the last one is Dark Angel, Darkness Descends. I thought Dark Angel was technically death metal, but uh, those subgenres really start to blur together, don't you think? Um, On Earth shares new single, uh, Mother Betrayal from The Wretched the Ruinous. That record is going to be so damn good. So damn good. 
Uh, Trivia is Matt Hafey and British guitar sensation Sophie Lloyd release music video for Fall of Man. That one we'll probably talk about in the show next week. Godsmack cancels South American tour day tour due to lack of ticket sales. Oh, that sucks. Lincoln Park's Mike Shinoda and Ice Nine kills Spencer uh, Carnes in Demi Lovato's video for Still Alive. We're probably going to end up talking about that one as well as much as I don't like Demi Lovato. Uh, I do really like Spencer and Mike Shinoda like a lot. So. Metal Blade Records announces Swing of the Blade book from founder Brian Slagle. Is this the guy that passed? I think this is the guy that passed. Let's open this in a new tab so we don't lose our spot. Due out May 9th, 2023. Follow Slagle's critically acclaimed 2017 book for the sake of heaviness. Nope, this is not the guy who passed. Oh, because that was not Metal Blade Records. That was... um. Oh, Metallica's first record label. Why can't I think of the name? Maybe, no, I think that was Metal Blade. He's just not, this is not the one of the original founder dudes that passed. Okay. All right, whatever. Going going back. Going back to where we were. Kirk Hammett, LTD KHV signature models launched by ESP. Oh, this is techie and music all at the same time. So, ESP Guitars announced the debut of a brand new signature series guitar for Kirk Hammett. I th- is this the first time Kirk has had his very own signature uh, line of guitars? I think it might be. They've been playing uh, LTDs since... I think I feel like it was before Saint Anger. I th- but I feel like James had a signature model. Is this legit? The first time Kirk has had a signature model guitar, at least signature LTD. Uh, three Finnish hardware choices, Black Sparkle, Red Sparkle, and Metallic Gold. Quote, I actually got goosebumps when I saw the KH-V for the first time, says Hammett. It was like the perfect hybrid of reality and my vision. It's such a beautiful guitar. I strapped it on and played it later that day, just jamming out with friends uh, for four or five hours. An amazing, amazing guitar. Do we got pictures? Oh, we got pictures. That's pretty awesome. Not going to lie. That looks pretty great. I dig the red one. This one looks a little too much like pee-pee. The red one looks pretty smooth, though. That's like almost like a 70s kind of feel to the, the layout and the coloring. Like, I would probably take the black, too, just because black goes with everything. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty sick. That's I, I like it. I like it a lot. Let's continue on. Godflesh announced first album in six years. Godflesh is good. They're pretty good. Hollywood Vampires released music video for a cover of Johnny Thunder's You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory. We will be talking about that one in the next regular episode. Disturbed David Draymond says he lost more than 20 pounds in the last four months. That can't be healthy. Um, To live is to die. The life and death of Cliff Burton do a third edition. Interesting. 40th anniversary of Signals with Rush. GNR officially confirmed. Here we go. Glastonbury Festival. See if they actually show up this year. Uh, it's been now been officially announced Guns N' Roses will play this year's Glastonbury 2023 edition of the UK's biggest music event will return in Worthy Farm in Somerset from June 21st to June 25th. Uh, GNR headlines Sunday, Arctic, Arctic Mon- Monkeys uh, do Friday, and Elton John. Oh, I'm sorry, a GNR does Saturday, Elton John does Sunday. Where's the rest of the. Really? There we go. Let's, let's see if it'll take us there to an image to show us the rest of the lineup for that. Because Glastonbury is huge. Every year that they do it, it's gigantic. Wake up! There we go. So we got Arctic Monkeys, GNR, Elton John, Lizzo, H. I don't know who that is. Allison Goldfrapp, Alt-J. Wow, there are a lot of bands on here or groups or artists or whatever that I am not recognizing. Amadu, Miriam, Becky Hill, Blondie. There we go. Candy Station, Carly Rae Jepsen. I actually kind of know that one. Uh, Cat Burns, Central C, Christine and the Queens. Churches, there we go. Ezra Collective, Fatboy Slim, okay. Fever Ray Flow, Fred again. Hot Chip, Joey Badass. 
Lana Del Rey. Wow, there. I mean, there's some. It's a very eclectic mix this year. Wizkid. Ugh, I don't know a lot of these bands. I am losing touch with the pop musics, I guess, because, uh, yeah, GNR is not really pop though. Former Venom driver, Metallica, we talked about that. Uh, Pete Townsend and Joe Perry among guests on Anne Margaret's first album in over a decade. That's cool. Consummate entertainer Anne Margaret has announced her first new studio album in over a decade. Born to be Wild, due out April 14th on Cleopatra, Cleopatra Records. It's collecting her brand new recordings of her favorite rock and roll pop gym, so it's covers from the 50s and through the 70s, featuring an all-star group of friends and fans, including the Who's Pete Townsend, Aerosmith's Joe Perry, Paul Schaefer, who is the band leader, or was the band leader, rather, for... Um, <laughs> Why do I not do names so well? Uh, David Letterman. There we go. Pat Boone. There we go. Country legend uh, Mickey Gilly. One of his final recordings. Yeah. The Oak Ridge Boys. That's cool as shit. T. Uh, T. G. Shepard. Stax guitarist Steve Cooper. Linda Gall Lewis. Robin Ford. Many more. Featuring golden era favorites like Can't Take My Eyes Off You. Son of a Preacher Man. This sounds like it's going to be a freaking fantastic record. That's really freaking cool. I hope they release a single from that very soon. Jolyn Turner has nothing but good things to say about Richie Blackmore. I hope so. Tim Lambesis, Born Through Fire Side Project to release Purif Purify and Refine album in April. So we talked about uh, the, the first single that they released. It's just uh, Lambesis and this whoever this short dude is. They both look like they spend way much, too much time at the gym and not enough time learning music. But, you know, that's just me. Uh, I, I actually kind of dig the through fire, uh, Born Through Fire side project. It's not bad. It's no As I Lay Dying, but it's not bad. Uh, Joey Alacron, Alarcon from Wolves at the Gates. That's who the little guy is. Uh, inked a worldwide deer deal with Seek and Strike. The official music video for the group's new track, The Reckoning, can be seen below. Reckoning is taken from Born Through Fire's debut album, Purify and Refine, which will arrive April 7th. According to press release, uh, Born Through Fire delivers a propulsive blend of aggression and dynamic hooks, resulting in a modern heavy metal assault of epic proportions. Nah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's very much uh, uh, just like fluffy language for pretty decent metalcore effectively is what it is lyrical metaphor like and he like just can't not try and be very over the top with how epic his lyrics are in this like it was really it was really hard to not be overly critical of it because like some of the lyrical issues with that first single were not good. <laughs> um, Liquid Death's commercial for their new iced tea. Oh, that's cool. They have an iced tea. All right. I'm down. Refactory's new lineup perform in Seattle. Uh, we're probably going to actually talk about this in the next uh proper episode as well, because we can't do stuff in, in stream because we get, uh, the algorithm likes to shut us down real quick when we try and do that. So we'll very likely talk about the Fear Factory stuff because I really am, am, am kind of itching to watch some of that new vocalist. Uh, Rob Halford says Ozzy Osbourne made the right call by canceling tour. Metallica releases trailer for theatrical premiere of 72 seasons. Um, I think... God, Paul Stanley. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Dave Lombardo tour UK with progressive grindcore band Empire State Bastards. Wow. That's quite a thing. Do we have music? Three dates. That's not really a tour. Uh, Empire State Bastards shared first teaser of music last week. And it is not here. So bite me. I don't know. I don't know if I'll, if I'll be able to seek that one out in time 
and also get the regular episode done, but I'll give it a shot. Taproot announces first studio album more than a decade. Those guys are still a band called Scissors. <laughs> Names Metallica song he would love to cover. Megadeth, blah, 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 blah. Shine Down partners with American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. That's good. Brian May, Impossible Bohemian Rhapsody biopic sequel. We've been talking about it. I don't want that. As much as I love Queen, I think the Bohemian Rhapsody biopic was hot garbage. And the fact that they're trying to gaslight their fans into believing a lot of stuff that didn't actually happen and a lot of stuff that isn't actually true about... um, uh, uh, Again, names are not my forte today. Um, especially whatever they're vocalists. Ugh, I feel I, I am ashamed. You can take my music nerd card. Cause I can't remember that. Behemoth announces tour. There we go. Cradle of filth shares new song. We talked about that. Behemoth announces tour though. Bless you. Uh, it looks like a UK. No, just a, um, European tour, but that's more. Oh no, I guess it's France, Belgium, Netherlands, Finland. Okay, I was thinking it's all just the uh, Norwegian tour, effectively. Cool, Behemoth, Nurgle, Dark, Darkness. All right, I think we are good for the for the news portion of today's episode, nerds. Uh, we are going to be jumping into Freddie Mercury. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I should check chat more often. Yes, thank you very much, chat. The Freddie Mercury is is the vocalist for Queen that I was brain farting really freaking hard. Uh, but yeah, I I believe that is the. Live portion of the news. Oh, no. Oh, no. What button did I just push? Go away. Close things. Close. I don't want you open. Okay. So, yes, that is where we are going to call the news portion. We are going to be taking a moment uh, and gearing everything up for the gaming portion. I believe we are just going to be playing some Halo tonight, though uh, I honestly want to start with uh, a little bit of Splitgate. So, Splitgate, Halo... Probably some Master Chief collection in there. Um, this should be going up on the other outlets tomorrow, either morning or evening, depending on when I can get around to getting the post up. And yes, thank you very much for joining. We will see you in the next one if this is where you're ending your your time with us or if you are currently watching in post then we'll see you on the next one. If you are here in chat and just lurking, and it looks like there are a couple lurkers here, uh, then uh, stick around because we get to hang out and just talk about whatever comes to mind in the second portion of the live show. So before we head out, always, always remember that if it's generally nerdy, it's probably here. And those of you that are legitimately here, we'll see you in a moment. <laughs>